it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and this is news that you can use from Car Edge with your hosts, Zach and Ray, for Thursday, July 20th. How are you today, handsome, and, and welcome back. I mean, we, we God, I'm falling apart here. We, we sort of missed you yesterday. I well, appreciate We missed you so much we didn't even show up. Yeah, no, this is, this is very true. I'm doing great. Happy Thursday to everyone. We've got a lot to cover today, so let's jump right in. We're going to lead off with Ally Financial. Their earnings came out recently, and uh, yeah, it's just going to keep building, building the story of the auto loan delinquency crisis. Then we have the FTC, their rules to rein in shady car dealer practices. Well, that got squashed by Congress, so we'll spend some time talking about that. Then we've got Carvana earnings, Dad. You and I must have misread our crystal ball because Carvana is the hottest stock under the sun, so we'll spend some time Talking about that. And then we've got to really got to be kidding me that you need to stick around for all of this. I guess I'll stick around. In the next 30 minutes or so from your friends from CarEdge.com. Let's jump in, Dad. Ally Financial. Can you set the stage? How big is Ally? How important is Ally? And then when we get into the numbers here, why should we care about this? Uh, They're big. They're really big. They're one of the largest uh, um, loan originators, especially in automotive, uh, in the country. And... um, Obviously, their income is down, and uh, what they see as a perspective for a future loss uh, is up because their loan loss provision is they, they keep adding money, more money to it all the time. Yeah, that's the thing that stands out from this, Dad. So yes. like you said, net income to profit down 32%. But if we come down here, Pops, this is what stands out. That's me. what stood out to me. The bank set aside $331 million as a precaution against auto losses, an increase of 45% from the same period last year. It reported a 1.3% net charge-off rate on failed auto loans and leases in the quarter, up from just half a percent a year earlier, and, quote, slightly elevated compared to what it had expected. Yeah. So let's let's let this thing in. The, the storyline here is on YouTube, if you didn't see, we just dropped on the Car Edge channel. Our latest video talking about how banks enabled the current repo Mageddon that we're about to have and the auto yes. loan delinquency crisis. What you're what you're going to see here is more and more financial institutions set aside more and more dollars for loans that are never going to get paid, which means consumers are going to be driving cars that they're not paying for, that are just going to end up back at the auction as repos. It's a pretty vicious cycle because then their credit is effed. That consumer's credit is going to be effed. The likelihood they're going to get approved for another loan one of the other stories we're going to talk about is the fact that auto loan approvals are declining. I mean, this is just a bad setup, Dad. There was free money everywhere. The banks yeah. lent it, and now people are stopped, have stopped paying on their card notes. Uh, there was free money, and there was um, there was this uh, ridiculous run up in values of used cars. Um, you know, simply put, two years ago, cars which have always been traditionally a depreciating commodity, I won't say an asset, um, because they've never been an asset. Um, suddenly, they they became an appreciating asset for about a year, year and a half. And we saw this, this ridiculous uh, growth in wholesale and retail values of these cars. And the banks, um, to their um, detriment, I believe, um, agreed to go along with this and and enabled the dealers to charge the type of prices that they charged and enabled the consumers 
to take on an excessive amount of debt in comparison to the value of said vehicles when they finance them. And now things are returning to some degree of normal. Vehicles are once again depreciating rapidly, much more so than they have in the past. And banks are going to be left, uh, as they say, holding the bag. Look at this, Dad. The other headline today that ties in with this. Yeah, you've got Ally Financial, one of the largest auto loan originators in the United States. Yes. Increasing their loan loss provision materially and also saying, oh, whoops, our charge offs for loans that have already not even just like we're thinking they might go delinquent. Like legitimately, this is lost money. More went up by more than a hundred percent. Okay. No, from, they went up eight eight tenths of a point. No, went up more than a hundred percent. Reported a one point three percent net charge off rate. It had been half a percent. A hundred percent increase would be one percent. Okay. Right. So they they truly. I mean, let's let that sink in for a second. It it hundred percent increase year over year. Hey, if we could do that for for our business, we'd be happy camp. I'd be like hundred percent material. I'd be retired again. You'd be retired again. Yeah. And then you look at this, Dad. The 12-month rejection rate for auto loans was 14.2% in June, a new high, up from 9.1% in February. Some lenders have become much more cautious in their underwriting practices. Oh, Who my. saw this coming? Oh, my. Why Why would you suddenly become cautious? Could it, could it stem from the fact that, well, the wholesale value of these vehicles that you've been uh, lending way too much money on is are suddenly dropping at the rate of about a percent a week. Okay, that we've seen uh, an 11% drop in the wholesale values from January through through the end of June. Uh, so yeah. the reaction from these banks is, let's put money aside and let's let's try and stop a moving train. I mean, this is going to go on for years now. It doesn't really matter. I mean, the thing that matters right now is that if you're out there, the average interest rate on a used car is over 13.5%. Yes. The average interest rate on a new car is approaching 9%. So what matters today is the fact that for us, if any of us tried to go buy a car, good luck trying to get a good interest rate. You still should shop the hell out of that thing because you can't find better deals. Well, the, but it means but you're the, more likely to get rejected. But the rate you get very well, even though it's a high interest rate, could actually be a good interest rate in today's market. Yeah. Okay. And if banks are setting aside more money in loan loss prevention. Provisions. Provisions. You knew what I meant. <laughs> and so did the audience. <laughs> so if, if they're increasing their loan loss provisions, you know, the banks are saying to themselves, well, we have to increase our interest rates that we're going to charge customers to offset those greater loan loss provisions. So interest rates will continue to remain elevated yep. in comparison to what they were just two and a half years ago. Um, so, but yeah, a, a, an 8% rate on a new car very well might be a good rate today. It's just not a good rate in comparison to what rates were two and a half years ago. Yeah, you're spot on about that. More of the data, Dad, from the Federal Reserve when it pops up on the screen. Do, 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 do. There we go. Overall credit applications declined to the lowest level since October 2020. We are seeing a slowdown. We also see this in the data that comes from Cox Automotive every week. They put mm -hmm. it out and it's showing a slowdown in credit applications. 
The average reported probability a loan application is rejected rose for an, for all loan types. The probability grew to 30.7% for auto loans, 32.8% for credit cards, 42.4% for credit limit increase requests, 46.1% for mortgages, and nearly 30% for mortgage refi applications. The results for auto loans, mortgages, and credit card limit increases requests are new highs. This is interesting to me for a few reasons. Yeah. The slowdown, right? We are seeing a material slowdown in demand. We've talked about this. Ad nauseum for the past couple of years, when supply is short and demand is high, prices go up. When supply is growing, which it is for cars, and demand is short, is is uh, you know falling because well interest rates are really high and people can't get approved, that's going to force prices down. We're already seeing that. We talked about it earlier this week with the Ford news. We're seeing it on the used car market. We're going to see it between now and the end of the year, I think. Yes. So that's one piece. Demand is definitely slowing. The other, Dad, this is not auto specific. Mm -mm. When the federal government pumps hundreds of billions of dollars if it, i don't even know maybe it was trillions of dollars literal physical dollars into the economy this is what happens people spend that crap <laughs> well the idea was to help keep the economy moving which yes. which which it did which it did yeah. but now you're on the other end of this this is that yes. remember everyone talked about the v-shape recovery Okay, we're on the other end. I don't know if it was a v or a u or an x or a y but we're on the other end of it now and we're starting to see the ramifications of that which is nearly one in three people are getting their loan application to finance a car. What's worse? Canceled, what's know? worse is 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 the people who find themselves short of cash, okay, and who are using their credit cards to uh, be able to maintain the lifestyle that they have grown accustomed to over time. What was it? Forty some percent are being turned down when they're asking for a a credit line increase on their credit cards or other credit vehicles. So it, it that indicates to me that there's more and more people looking to increase their credit lines because they need that as a lifeline to sustain their lifestyle. Yep. I am ever so thankful. I haven't asked anybody for credit. I don't want any. I, I don't want to, you know, I, I I keep getting notices from my my credit card. Well, update your update your income. Maybe, maybe you're entitled to a credit. I don't need any more. I don't use what what I have. I don't want any more. But there's a large swath of people out there that not only want it, they need it. That's how they're surviving. That's how they're surviving. Yeah. That's yeah. a lifestyle that they've set themselves. Yes set themselves up for it. All right. We've got to hear from Larry in the chat. Did the lenders actually finance those dealer markups? Yes. Larry, go watch the video that went out on the car edge channel today. I'll pull it up on the screen. It is, we did a, I think we did a great job. I'm biased, but I think we did a great job explaining exactly what's happening oh. in the, uh, in the finance market, right? Yeah. Now. Let me pull it up on the screen really quick uh, so that Larry and everyone else can see it. If you haven't watched this video yet, it just went out this morning. Banks messed up. Right. Pops is bad. This lady's getting her car repossessed. Banks messed up. Banks caused the biggest car repossession crisis in history. You need to go watch that video because we explain loan to value ratios, which yes. is exactly what banks got loose with. Yes. When money was free and ample. They over lent on vehicles that aren't worth it. And it's it's sad. It's, they, it's they, sad. They, they didn't follow normal criteria or guidelines as to how and why to approve an auto loan or any loan for that matter, at that time. 
Auto oh. got exacerbated because vehicle prices were going up. The short supply led to the market adjustments. And had the banks not agreed to finance those vehicles, if if the dealerships kept asking for more and more, and the and the buyers agreed, but the banks didn't by refusing to approve those loans, you know what would have happened? Huh. Prices would have come down because if you couldn't get your customer finance to take that vehicle yeah. and and it just kept happening over and over and over again, well, then you've got to figure out ways to get those vehicles within the guidelines that the bank would accept. So if the banks hadn't enabled it, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have grown to the degree that it from Leon, one of our community members connected in the credit union space, one bank in 2022 did LTVs of 175% for about three months. That means that if a car was worth $10,000, they would lend up to $17,500 against it. Yes. So that so that $7,500 of it were not collateralized, mm. you know, other than by air. For those of you that are new here, CarEdge.com, we have all the, like, we can connect you to credit unions. If you're going to sell a car, we can help you with that. Buying a car, obviously, we have to do that. Like, it's not all doom and gloom. If you need to do something, like, we've got the question here from, from Steve saying, do you guys feel it's not a good time to buy a car? Every situation's different. Yes. I, I, I'm waiting. Personally, if I'm in the market for a new car, I'm waiting. Like, if I, unless I need to buy, I'm waiting. We, and Steve, we have a vested interest now. We've got a CarEdge sales event coming up on August 12th, CarEdge.com slash event. Like we want people to buy cars there. We pre-negotiated prices and everything. But if you don't need to, wait till the end of the year. The incentives are going to be even greater. The, the, the one mitigating factor here, interest rates. Interest rates are probably going to be higher, I think, yes. throughout the remainder of, of, of this year. So that's the, the calculus here is if you need to, now's fine. Do it at our sales there, event. There are, there are deals to be had. They're a tad bit easier to find today than they were six months ago or eight months ago, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but do we think that there's the potential that they could get better? Yeah. Yeah, we think that that potential exists, but you can still find a deal even in today's market. You just can, and we can help. I just ordered a new Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness at MSRP. Was that a bad idea? I'm trying to think. Let me double check. What are we going to have? Because the event that we're doing is pre-negotiated. Yeah. Um, give me one second. Well, I thought you said they didn't have any cross-tracks. So Was that a cross-track or an Outback? Yeah, you said cross-track. You said cross-track? Oh, cross-track at MSRP? Cross-track wilderness, you said. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cross-track at MSRP? Holy cow. Yeah, that's a great deal in today's Yeah, because the, the, the dealer that we're working, they don't have any. They don't have a single cross-track to sell. All right, let's switch gears, Dad. Let's talk about um, one of our favorite companies that we, yes. we get to, to talk about from time to time. And I'm not saying that tongue-in-cheek. I actually really admire aspects of the business that they've built, and I really despise other aspects of it. Carvana strikes deal to cut debt by $1.2 billion. Net loss narrows in Q2. So a couple yeah. takeaways from this that I want to talk about. Okay. First is, for those of you who are in the stonks, good for you. You do your thing. Uh, you buy and sell them, and, and that's all fun. There's no financial advice here. Um at, at CarEdge. Used car retailer reported a net loss of only $105 million in Q2, a big improvement from the nearly half billion that was lost in the same period last year, sent the share price up 40%. Here's what I want to car, uh, uh, jump into, Dad. Where yeah. was it? 
Carvana, no matter how you slice it, gang, Carvana is a used car dealer, right? Like at, at its core, they, yes. they buy cars, they sell cars, they finance cars, they sell extended warranties, all those things. Yes. Read this sentence yes. and never buy a car from Carvana because no other used car dealer makes $6,520 on every car they sell. No used car dealer makes that much money. Carvana said its total gross profit per unit, or GPU, surged 94% to $6,520, exceeding the company's previous best quarter by 27%. Dad, here's a BS meter. Here, wait. I'm gonna... Yeah. This is the... okay. Yeah. Do you want it? Tell me one. Tell me one. Oh, my bicep, too. Yeah, Tell me one. Keep going, buddy. Mm -hmm. the yeah, BS yeah, meter. Up, up more. Up more. Oh, yeah. The yeah. BS meter broke. Yeah, because that is... So... I, I'm, I'm just <sighs> this is the return of magical thinking okay for for investors to to look at that read that believe it believe that and then say gotta buy more of that stock that to me is that that is the the definition of magical thinking. And here's why I say that. Carvana's been around for, what, 12 years? Something like that? 10, 12, A whatever. Decade, yeah. Yeah. They, they've had one profitable quarter in their history. One. To suddenly think that a company that's had one profitable quarter in its history has found a way after having lost nearly three billion dollars invested last, invested three billion dollars they lost nearly three that's billion. one that's a, a fancy yeah. way of saying lost. okay so so to think <laughs> that that company has figured out a way to outperform every Everyone. other used car retailer in America is is it's just being willing to suspend belief. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It it they they it's not like they come across some type of magical thought. Okay. Um. To 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 or magic sauce to to make yeah. this work. It doesn't. You read it. It doesn't make sense. And and so, I read this. I thought of two things. Three things instantly. All right, let me hear it. I thought of Enron, number one. <laughs> I thought of Theranos, number two. And I thought of Bernie Madoff, number three. Madoff. Madoff. And, and the reason I thought of those three is because people wanted to believe what they wanted to believe, even though they knew better than to believe it. Okay? And that, to me, is Carvana in a nutshell. And... And people can say, oh, Ray, you don't know what you're talking about. But you know what? Two, three, four years from now, whatever it is, <laughs> when they actually literally go bankrupt because, uh, well, they might have misstated some things <laughs> or it was it was a specialized accounting. It's. You, I want to reiterate, this is not financial advice. No. We are not financial advisors. Not we have at all. no financial stake in Carvana or any other publicly traded company tied to the automotive industry. But it just doesn't make sense. Hey, man, they're performing great. So my my two cents for, for consumers out there, 
if you're going to buy a used car, yes. maybe maybe don't buy one from Carvana because supposedly they make nearly $7,000 for every car they sell. And I'm fairly certain not a single other used car dealer in the world makes $7,000 in gross profit per unit ever, period, hard stop. So maybe shop around just a little Yeah, bit. and and sometimes don't follow the herd. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for okay, sure. Okay, groupthink is is one of the worst things in group psychology like that as well. What is it, the fear of missing out? Uh, well, when you're the last one in, you're the one that's going to get burnt the most. Yeah, be careful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely be careful there. Um, that really could have been, really, you got to be kidding me. Got an even better one. You ready? Oh, uh, really? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> a lot of... Not going on there. Yeah. Um, all right, Pops, here's the deal. Yes. We've got some uh, some researchers out there, all right? And they are trying to convince us that we want to subscribe to features in our car. And they're trying to convince the uh, the leaders, the executives at these automakers that this is what we want. Consumers are willing to subscribe for some in-car features, survey says. Consumers don't want features they won't use or that overlap with their smartphone offerings, but they will pay for those that clearly add value this comes from s p global mobility Dad. yeah eight thousand global consumers yeah were studied and the vast majority of previous uh here it is um uh s p global mobility found that the subset of respondents who had experienced a free trial or an existing subscription on a 2016 model year vehicle or newer 82 percent said they would likely consider purchasing subscription-based service on a future New vehicle, the vast majority of previous subscriber respondents said they are likely to renew it. 85% said they would recommend the service to a friend. Wow. You buying that? Um, really? You know, <laughs> what, what, what's that one that OnStar from GM? Um, I can tell you that OnStar has a renewal rate or a take rate of somewhere below 10%. Yep. Uh, you know, people get it for free. It's free trial. And uh, when the free trial ends, um, um, so does their interest. Um, and, and that's so. Am, am I going to am I going to say, hey, this is BS? Um, I'm pretty damn close to it. Uh, you know, is it BS that eighty five percent of people are going to recommend an in car subscription to a friend? Yeah, that's BS. Yeah, I, I just and 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 I and I don't. I'm not convinced that 85% of people would renew any type or 82% or 60% or 50 or 40 or 30 or 25% of people would renew a, a, a free subscription once it ends. Uh, what is one of the most popular subscription services in cars is Sirius XM. Most manufacturers give you a certain time frame of free subscription when you buy their car, if the car is equipped with Sirius XM. Yep. With many, it's a year. Okay, and, and well, guess what? On May 22nd, my Sirius XM expired. And what'd you do? I, I listen to Spotify now. Um, you know, I don't, I, I would love to know what the renewal rate is for Sirius XM once the free portion of it expires. And my suspicion is that it's probably less than 25%. Yep. If it's more than that, I would be shocked. 
Let's look at this, Ted. The research has found some really interesting insights. The trick for automakers, trick is the operative word here, yeah, according correct. to S&P Global Mobility, is getting consumers exposed in the first place. More than one in four respondents said they either did not know that connected services were available or the dealership did not offer them. Quote, marketing is everything. Implementation is everything. One of the senior technical research analysts at S&P said... The survey found driver assistance and safety features were more popular than comfort features such as heated seats. I want to go on my soapbox okay. for a quick second. Go right ahead. How effed up is it that automakers are going to make us pay and subscribe to safety functionality because it's a way for them to get monthly and annual recurring revenue? What? Yeah. What? You want you want your brake pedal to work? What? That and we're be- not we're not being facetious here because Mercedes Benz came out with you want your gas pedal to work, <laughs> right? Remember? Did they? Yeah, remember the acceleration. You want your Mercedes Benz to accelerate faster? You got to subscribe for that. Yeah. Okay, so brake pedal. Yeah, that's a little hyperbolic, but still, like, the trick is is exposing people to the fact that you could get safety benefits and then tell them they have to subscribe to it. Yeah, that that would be like, do you want full power steering? <laughs> because that's nine ninety five a month. If you want partial power steering, that's four ninety five a month. And if you want to build up your biceps and your wrists, <laughs> uh, well, you won't have any power steering at all, and that's free. Why are you general. even buying the thing? Like, I am just bewildered recently because we didn't even talk about today. We'll talk about tomorrow. The freaking FTC rules to rein in car dealers got blocked by Congress. Yes, and like, I'm twenty seven, about to be twenty eight. Two days, and I feel like I'm an adult. I feel like I'm an adult. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> Dad, I'm naive as, as all hell. You are indeed. These automakers are going to make us subscribe to everything. No yes. one wants it, but they're going to do it. And people are going to pay for it because that's what they do. They, oh, I, I just get, get me a monthly payment. And then everything's a monthly. And then Congress blocking the FTC rules. Yeah. Because they're paid off. Like, yeah. I'm having a day, man. You are having a day. You know, you really are. And, and, like I said, I, I really don't believe that the vast majority of, of people are willing to pay um, on a monthly basis for these type of subscriptions. I believe if the stuff's already if the functionality is already built into the car. Heated seats, for example. Okay. Like, what are you well, doing? When, when, when you buy the car and the functionality is there, well, you bought the functionality. You didn't buy the ability to be able to subscribe <laughs> to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So imagine, imagine you build a physical product that someone pays for that has all of the capabilities yes. and you pay for it to get access to it. And then you want to use some of those capabilities. You have to pay extra to subscribe to it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to pay extra for the stuff you're already paying Oh, and for. don't worry. It's just Apple Pay or whatever. And it just hooks up directly to your credit card that you now, if you go back to the beginning of, the, of today's show, you can't get a credit line increase because, well... You're not, you know, uh, keeping up with your bills, and also you went to like it's a it's it is yeah. A what are they going to how are they how are they going to do? I mean, it's what a slippery they, slope. What are they going to do? I mean, people are you know, if 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 people actually sat down and listed out every one of their monthly subscriptions that they have, whether it be Netflix or Spotify or Sirius or their cell phone or or internet or cable. Um, you know, or micro, whatever it is, and they added all of them up. Wait, you're about to say microwaves? Microsoft. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> you're going to say microwaves. No, Microsoft, you know, and 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 Peacock and Paramount and Keep going, HBO and, and Apple and, and Apple TV. And if they added all that up, 
they would poop in their pants when they saw how much they're paying every month but that cumulatively but that, for all these services but that i use klarna okay so <laughs> or i use a firm one of those like bs things where it's like buy it today but pay it off over 18 years yeah i do that for my subscriptions no on my should. credit card <laughs> well you should yes because you're getting points. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. You're getting, you're getting points for that. And, you know, who doesn't want those points? Because eventually you'll be able to use those points to buy more subscriptions. Shit, I feel like we're living in a video game. Uh, we are. That's what I feel like. Yeah. I feel like we're living. Yeah. yeah. And the video <sighs> game's winning. I haven't gotten to the next level yet. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Just final comment from chat. Most manufacturer boardrooms are decoupled from reality. I think uh, the yes. researchers at S&P Global Mobility yes. – must also be. Yes. All right. Final co comment here from Scott. Keep in mind, people, most dealers are about to start receiving 2024 models. We are already seeing it. We were yes. at a Subaru dealership the other day. Yeah. They got 2024s on the lot, meaning they need to push any leftover 2023s and 2022 models. Yes. Atlantis has a lot of 2022s. Yes, they do. Start coming down. We got the red light bleep and we're calling it a show. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. Thanks for being here. See you back here at, uh, well, before the camera goes out. <laughs> CarEdge.com. See you guys.